Welcome back to another episode of Bobcast. Today, I actually bring you another episode of the AO Chill podcast, but today I am being interviewed by my friend Luis. This podcast is a deep dive into my life, my habits, my business, basically everything I've done over the past 10 years. And I don't say that to say that I've done a lot. I'm just explaining my experience and going into detail um, much further than I would do on a normal podcast episode into my own experience, um, my own business, my pursuits, passions, and hobbies, and how I organize that or at least try to organize that within my life. So if you're interested in any of that, whether it's the music, the podcast, or my business, this episode is for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you did enjoy the episode, please do follow on the platform you're listening on right now. That is the best way to support the show. We've gotten a ton of new listeners that way, so I really appreciate it. And we can build this Bop Squad, this Bobcast army. Now, let's get to the episode with myself and Luis. I don't care. Like, I really don't care either way. Like, my name, you can use my government name. You can use Sully Bop. You can say... You know, we have Ryan Sullivan on the show, also known by as Sully Bob. Or you could just say Sully Bob. Honestly, Sully Bob's probably just easier because it's one name. Yeah, bro. And that's my handle. So you might as well just use that because then if people look look me up, then. I bet. So that's easy. So, I mean, like, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the AO Show podcast. Today, I got a crazy guest. I think it's the first time like ever i've ever had like another podcaster in the stew especially in the brand new stew it's a pleasure to have him he's a podcast extraordinaire he's a musician um i know you also used to do uh game reviews and like and like tech reviews on your youtube channel too like way back man. we're about to get to know him a lot better my boy take a couple minutes seconds introduce yourself to the people thank you man thank you for having me here really yeah, appreciate it love what you're doing with this show and uh you know i really respect the grind and the hustle and because i've been doing it for a little while so yeah i'll give people a gist um yeah my name's ryan sullivan that's my government name but i also go my sully bop and that's kind of a persona um and a brand that i built when i started a gaming youtube channel back in around 2012 mm-hmm. um when i was making a lot of gaming videos you know this is when i was in middle school um but that's where you know and there's a story behind the sully bop name as well but that's kind of where it originated um you know from there i that was my start in content creation man it wasn't called that back then we were just making gaming videos and putting Wait. them on youtube then one of the videos gets two hundred thousand views and i'm like wow this is actually kind of crazy but i quit that's when i quit making content when mm-hmm. i was literally like whatever 13 years old and fast forward throughout high school i my one of my friends started he was just rapping, freestyling. We would work out and then would hang out in my house and just freestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And so he got me into rapping. And then my other friend was a beat maker. This is all in high school. So me and my friend Justin, who rapped, went to my other friend Purnell's house who made beats. He would skip school to make beats. The kid had a million plays on SoundCloud in like middle That's school. Sick. Like That's in, sick. in high school, he was killing it. And so that was my start in music in terms of releasing music i had played music my whole life i learned guitar from when i was 10 years old then i learned drums played jazz drums played in jazz band all that stuff um never thought i'd be rapping man but uh you know just really did those just had my homies man we made a a diss track and my whole high school listened to it and then after that i kind of started my career in music and releasing music and then throughout that time you know fast forward a little bit 2018 i started this podcast called bopcast um it wasn't called that back then i rebranded it on episode eight i started having guests and 
Yeah, man, I think I have 77 episodes out, um, but I've recorded probably 100, um, around 100 episodes on that podcast. So, you know, from that, started a business helping other people launch their podcast. So there's a lot that that has gone into that, and I've dedicated my life to that in the last three years, uh, more so in the past year, built a team, built a business, um, trying to at least. And so, you know, I kind of have like all these different facets of my life that I really, all these things that I really enjoy doing. So I think that's a common theme of trying to look at the thing and then figure out how to make the thing practical rather than just being like, oh, what should I do for money? You know? So like for me, it's always, as I've gone throughout time now, is I've always just tried to figure out how to make a career around the things that I really like to do. So Word. Nah, dude, that's, that's, it's, it's incredible. And it's, it's awesome to see the progression of like where you started to, to where you are now. I mean, 77 episodes, even if it's like a hundred plus episodes, man, that's something to be freaking proud about, man. Like for real, it's, and it's hard to keep the momentum going. And especially like, I'm sure you've seen many people, either friends or other people who first get into this game, they start and like they'll get two three episodes in they'll have hella promotion and then it's like boom they're dead you they'll know have I mean? me on their podcast <laughs> because i'm the podcast guy they'll have me tell my story about how most people fail at episode eight or something mm-hmm. yeah no for real man i've seen it a lot and the thing is now um i mean my job is to help people launch podcasts so i literally have to be on calls with people where i'm telling them hey by the way like the percentage of you doing this after this call is like three percent if you leave this call and don't make a decision right now you know Mm. so because I know intimately because I have so many case studies because I've worked on podcasts that had celebrity guests and then fell flat on their face and literally was supposed to be the next big thing Mm -hmm. that had you know misaligned expectations and then fell on its face when you literally have like celebrity after celebrity so I'm like you don't have any connections to any celebrities all you have and and not not like that's going to launch because that proved to me that that doesn't matter at all. Um, it can matter if you use it correctly, but I'm like, there's a lot of people with a lot more money resources and opportunity than you, um, who didn't make it in this, you know? So not, it's, it's a mix of all those things to make it work. But, um, yeah, man, I'm four years into this show and still every episode improving it still not even close to, you know, where we want to be with it. But yeah, it's been a great perspective, uh, really good perspective, for me to try to coach people through podcasting as well different animal than trying to do it yourself word 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 so talk to me a little bit about like your origins i mean you're a jersey boy right jersey boy man born and raised yeah um you know i'm from hunterdon county so i'm from the uh, basically on the border of of new jersey and pennsylvania um my town um it's a river town it's on the delaware river super rural man like i know all my neighbors you know um i could see if you look out one window, I could I could see one of my neighbors. Um, in the summer, you really can't see any of them. Like it's pretty rural. I have four acres. You know, I have chickens. Grew up with a horse. Oh, that's sick, bro. Yeah. I want a chicken so bad. I'm not even playing, bro. Dude, I, I got really two want chickens chicken. right now. And when I put them together, because we adopted one of them, and then one of them we had, because all the other ones got eaten by foxes and you know, oh, bear and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just brutal, dude. Um, life of a chicken, man. It's it's tough because everything's <laughs> trying to kill you. Hawk. I mean, you name it. Um, you know, so then we got this chicken that we adopted because these people had no more chickens left and they were like, we don't want to have one chicken. So you guys could take it. And they were these, my chicken that I had, and then this chicken we adopted, they were not cool with each other, bro. Like they were, it's like they were from different, completely different countries or something where it's like they weren't even communicating. Now they like literally like sleep in the same like little coop together. So it's so funny, man. But yeah, I, 
I will say, uh, I think chicken, chickens are my favorite animal, man. Like people, most people like dogs and cats and stuff like that. I, I love chickens, dude. They're like little dinosaurs to me. Dude, I mean, I, I always love kind of like, it's, it's crazy. So Huntington County, I think that's like, uh, I mean, if it's by the Delaware, it's more west, right? Yeah, so it's west. What I, I, I tell people west New Jersey, if I'm in South Jersey, I tell them an hour north of Trenton. And then that usually sparks something in their mind. But um, most people listening to this have never been there unless you've been on my podcast. Word. <laughs> so. I've, I've actually probably driven around there. I used to drive all around the state, believe it or not, delivering ice cream to, like, different businesses. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. Um, I got to see, like, a whole bunch of, like, the farmlands, like, everything around Jersey. And just you, when you travel Jersey, and especially when you start talking to different people, you start realizing that Jersey kind of has everything. People don't respect Jersey, and people don't really see it for what it actually is, you know? We got beaches, we got mountains, we got, well, I mean, like, not, like, ice cap mountains, but we got places that, like, get I'm, pretty high. I'm, you know my house I mean? is 800 feet above sea level. Yeah, you know? dude, like, you got... Your ears pop when you go up my road. That's like, crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because, like, you know, you got that. You also got, I mean, we're called the Garden State. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, like, literally, if you go out to the farmers, you see crazy, crazy things. And then you got Jersey City. You got inner city places. I mean, obviously, Jersey City, Newark, Camden, Patterson. When you name all those places and you actually head down there, you really really get that city life vibe too you know yeah i mean and it's funny because jersey to me is like country like rural like where where i live and it's weird because most people's definition definition of jersey is city if my definition is country it turns out we're both wrong because new jersey and they say oh texas is like its own country or something like that or california is like its own country it's like i know jersey's small but so is jersey because you literally have you know, I think the highest peaks probably in the thousands of feet. And then you have the Jersey Shore, like you said. So, yeah, we, I think we have everything here. I was in an elevator two days ago with, with uh, a guy from Iowa. And we were just I was just chopping it up for like 30 seconds with this guy. And I'm like, just so you guys know, just come back. Like, come back and experience this state. Word, because I sure. know you're just seeing New Brunswick or whatever, which is great. But there's so much more to it, man. Yeah. Why do you think so many people hate on Jersey? I don't know if they really hate on it. It's just they maybe they do, but I, I think they just don't know it. I mean, you're gonna your your opinion on any state, city, town, country is just the experiences that you've had there. So and the people that you were with. So and I think I heard this on another podcast, which I kind of agree with, and it's a little cynical, but I think most cities are kind of all the same. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just about the people that you're with. So think about it. You go to, you know, I went to Montreal with my friends when we were 18. We had a good time. Did we know what we were doing? No. Did the locals treat us well? No. But were we young assholes? Yeah, for sure. But, like, I was with my boys, so I still look back in that memory and enjoy it. I didn't even get to experience that city. I was only there for, like, a few days. But I really think it more so comes down to, like, who you're with in those experiences. And, like, or if you're in a place and you get somebody that really knows that spot. Like, if you come to my town, I'm going to show you things that you would not even think exists in New Jersey. I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I think it's about kind of who you're with. But, I mean, Jersey in general, we also, and I've heard this on other podcasts too, really about like Jersey artists and things. And I don't know, I guess kind of people have a territorialism um, with where they're from. And so then that's going to, they're going to, oh, what about this place? Nah, man, like Mm. that place sucks. Like this place is, you know, you kind of want to represent where you're from, you know. And I've lived in South, I lived in South Jersey for two years. I lived in Galway. Um, when I went to college. So that was a great perspective shift for me. I'm telling you, I went from the majority to the minority Mm -hmm. in the area. Like, I grew up around all white people, basically. Like, you know, um, 
barely any diversity at all. And then now like I'm the minority in my neighborhood, you know, then I'm going to a college that's multiple cultures, multiple people from, you know, people from all different countries. So yeah, I think once you kind of get out there a little bit, you start to realize like, all right, a certain place might seem bad because somebody said it is, but it might not be the truth, you know? So what came first when it, when uh, you started everything? Did it, I'm guessing the music started first way before like the, the actual first podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, I had a, I actually had a podcast with my friend when, like, in those YouTube days, like, back in 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. but we didn't, I don't even know if we called it a podcast or if we thought it was a podcast, but we would just talk about, shoot the shit about video games for 20, 30 minutes, but I didn't consider that a podcast, um, but yeah, it started with the music, but this is the thing, so... I started rapping, producing. I had to produce because I could afford beats. So I had a really solid mentor that made amazing beats and he kind of like guided me on what to do. So this is kind of happening on the on the on the offshoot, you know, like on the side. Everything's kind of happening on the side. Um and but the podcast was born out of just my love for podcasting and Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan is something now like you hear his name and people go "Eh," or they go oh yeah like he's the podcast that I watch or I watch the news and they said something bad about him I'm I'm used to Joe Rogan from 2015 where he was just getting high recording a podcast with (laughs) Freeway Rick Ross you know or something like that or like Aubrey Marcus or any of these people that you don't know unless you were there from the beginning, you know? So that was my definition of podcasting, which was just like sitting down, shooting the shit, you know, having a long form interview conversation. And I liked that. Like I liked that style and I liked that format. So I remember when I was, even in, when I was in high school, I started because I had been watching these podcasts, mostly just Joe, maybe some other ones, but I pitched the idea to a few people that I knew, like I wasn't, they weren't even my best friends. Like they liked the music though. Like they were already kind of fans of me and they then they said, yeah, man, I'd watch you, your podcast if you started one. So fast forward two years later, finally got the balls to do it, recorded the first three episodes, two or three episodes in my room and just with me, just did a solo podcast and really enjoyed it. They got a couple hundred views on YouTube each. And I'm like, this is bonkers. I have a thousand people, you know, on Instagram and this got like hundreds of views. So I said, all right, maybe people do want to listen to me. I don't know if they're going to listen to me long term, but at least I have an, more than enough to continue. You know, that was that was all I needed. And then I met I was in community college. I went to Raritan Valley Community College and I met a kid in my class and he was telling me he, I would watch him in class and he would always be doing something on his, on his phone and he was trading stocks on his phone. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, what's going on with that? And he said, yeah, man, like I've made like, you know, he had like six figures or something. He's 21 years old. I'm like, this is incredible. So that day I told him, dude, I'm going to get you on my podcast. So then I changed it to an interview show on episode three, had him on the podcast, bought another microphone. Mm-hmm. And now I've been doing interviews since then, rebranded it, changed the name, you know. Um, but It yeah, used to man. be called Millennial Minds, I think. Millennial Mind Podcast, yeah, yep. Yep. So there was another podcast with the same name. They never went anywhere, but it didn't feel like me. You know, it felt like if it felt like I was doing it for a culture, but I also didn't I wasn't even really a millennial. So that didn't make sense. And yeah, I just didn't I wanted it to be tied to my brand. It wasn't going to be about me, but Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to be tied to my brand. So um, I had a guest on. They were like, yeah, Bob, Bobcast. Shout out to Nick Gates. And he said that on like episode six or something. And 
I just changed it after that. Yeah. That's sick. That's sick. So actually, I saw. Um, I think the first episode when you changed it to Bobcast, you had like a guy playing music on that, or did you kind of had artists playing on that before? Was that always like an have a kind of an idea? Oh yeah, man. That I don't know if that was Justin Ham or if that was Mac or Duke. It was one of the. I don't know if it was guitar. If it was, it was a guitar. Okay, I think it might have been Mac or Duke. Honestly. For in terms of that, man, I would just freestyle. Like, if somebody wanted to perform, then I'm like, yeah, perform. Like, I didn't think about it. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. a thing where I was like, I'm going to have this podcast. Artists are going to perform. Then I'm going to interview them. Um, I didn't really think that far into it. Uh, but it was more just an opportunity. And yeah, I didn't even have the technology to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. It's, it sounded like shit. But, I mean, I didn't really care. Hey, man, correctly. It's all, like, yeah, subjective, Yeah, for man. sure, Fuck dude. It, well, that's know? part of it. And that's what you and Leo talked about, too. You yeah, know? dude. So... Talk to me a little bit about your rapping too. Like, so how when you who was like your inspiration when you first got into it? Was it did someone introduce you to it, or was it something you kind of just stumbled upon? Yeah, great question. I didn't listen to rap until I started rapping, so I didn't really. That's know. sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's it, what... People would be like, "Oh, that's crazy." It's like I think it was a good thing because I had to learn hip hop and rap like completely on my own. Um, meaning that I had to find it all. It wasn't a cultural thing for me where all my friends are listening to to. Um, Forest Hills Drive, you know, and like everybody's listening to Forest Hills Drive and oh my God, J. Cole's amazing. I wasn't a fan then, so I didn't have a cultural thing. I started listening to Mac Miller on the Good AM album. I went to see him live on the Good AM tour, you know, thank God, rest in peace and thank God I went to go see him. Um, But I didn't have this come up of hip hop where my parents were playing it or even my friends. Like, obviously I knew Eminem. I knew there was a few rappers I actually listened to before I rapped. 100%. Um, But it wasn't a part of my life. I grew up on classic rock. I liked rock. I like hard rock. I like all types of rock, basically. Maybe a little, you know, some Beatles, you know, just mostly classics, man. Um, Got into hard rock, post-hardcore, metal, was a huge fan of that. Then I got into punk rock. Then I got into my favorite band, which is Sublime. Um, But yeah, man, I I didn't have any kind of uh, cultural upbringing in terms of hip hop. Um, But yeah, my friend Justin, who I kind of mentioned before, he, we would just freestyle. He kind of just showed me freestyling, you know, he, but he knew the beats to put on. So he would be like chaotics, world renowned instrumental, like all these like instrumentals that were like nineties or Dre or whatever. And, um, it was that coupled with, so me, so him introducing me to freestyling, I was a naturally a words person. Like my whole life, my teachers would use my writing as the example for the class. Like that was my whole life. Um, always a words person always an English person, you know, that type of thing. And so the words vied with me. I could freestyle, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, amazingly, but I could do it, like, to have fun. And then I could also write. So when I started writing, it became more cathartic for me and a little bit of, like, an expression, you know? I'm like, oh, I'm like, gonna. it didn't It didn't feel like playing guitar. Like, Boy. playing guitar is a feeling, you know, but, like, writing has a different feeling when you're making music from your voice, you know? Do you do you find it more when you're writing, like you're writing more of poetry, or do you see it more as rap? No, because I could write a poet or a poem, but I wouldn't treat it like I'm writing a song. So no, I see them differently. They're forms of each other. You know, mm. a short story and a novel is the same thing, but it's just the the length and the format and then the way it's written. You're still telling a story. Mm-hmm. So a poem, you're telling a story, and a song, you're telling the story. But it's just a different format. So I don't. I never looked at it as poetry. I studied some Hemingway. I studied some classic poetry. Um, you know, and and I understand that side of it. And I've wrote poems myself. But nah, man, I look at it like, you know, I have to tell a story and I have to have some kind of vibe. You know. Um, but I had a lot of really good mentors in terms of that. But 
I really just, you know, just grinding, man. I just made a lot of songs. I made a lot of beats. I made a lot of songs on my beats. I made, you know, then I found an amazing producer. Um, shout out to Jello. I mean, he's amazing. And, uh, but yeah, man, I, I really just looked at it as kind of just like writing songs, you know? Right. I mean, verses basically, right? Because right. you don't even get into choruses because you don't really understand the choruses. Mm -hmm. At least for me, I'm speaking for myself, but I would just write verses. I felt like every song was like a four minute verse, you know? Um, didn't know how to tell the story, didn't know how to come up with a plot. Like I took a songwriting class so I could learn all this. Um, but yeah, it's more kind of its own thing in terms of writing the songs. Word. So what advice do you have someone who's trying to rap and stuff? Because it's, it, it's funny. I actually, um, I, I don't like to say I rap. I don't know what to call it, to be honest. And, and for honestly, I, may, I think maybe the cop out was maybe like I'm more of a poet because when I when I write mm -hmm. anything that I that, that like, you know, I used to be in a boy band. Whenever I wrote anything for them, I was just like I would take my time and I'd just be like, I want this to mean something. I want to play with my words. I want to do something really fucking cool. Um, and then uh, kind of like mm, when we when we would perform and I guess I would rap and stuff. I mean, I'd have fun with it, but it's kind of seeing other people and them take their kind of like I started realizing there's a lot of thing more things that go into being a rapper rather than if you're more of a poet. Maybe you're just trying to go for a different vibe when you're performing, especially, you know, like you talk about Kendrick, you know, his flow, his delivery, the way he says shit. You know, what I mean, it, it, it's he he kind of found himself and, and like where he, he stayed, because even Jack Harlow, for example, who's like super popular now, you look at his first albums, the first things he's re he released, you know, he. He, he had a flow, you know, he was talented in a certain sense, but you look at him now and it's like, I can't see this man being too much different, you know, growth wise. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, I can't see him like having a completely different flow in like 10 years from now, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a factor too. But listen to Dark Knight by Jack Harlow, man, that, that, that. That flow is, like, so aggressive, dude. It's such a good song. Ride Through the City with the Windows Down. Like, you're just like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. Like, this shit is just so fast and it's moving. Um, But I saw Harlow in 2019, dude. Once again, Joe Rogan, Harlow, you name it. Like, there's not a lot of these things. But I, I was a fan of him since since um, since Loose and but actually even before that, Sundown. That song Sundown he did with the music video. I think it was me and 49,000 people from Louisville who was his fans back then. Mm -hmm. You know, but but yeah, man, I see what you're saying about the dynamic um, kind of between the... Well, I just had a guy in my podcast, Solis. Are you familiar with him or his music? I'm actually not. I'll put you on him, man. Word. He is a full lyrical guy. Like, he is telling you a story. He's talking about his culture. And I was tell, talking to him about this. You... It requires different art requires different amounts of work so if you're gonna listen to something that's extremely lyrical and ex expressive in that way you're gonna have to work to try to understand it like you're gonna have to use mental energy to, to comprehend it whereas you get um you know maybe just a song off to pimp of a butterfly or humble right humbled you don't have to work you know, uh, Middle Child, right? Humble and Middle Child are the same song. One's for Kendrick, one's for J. Cole, right? You don't have to work for it. So you, like, you just know, like, be, be humble. And you're like, you just don't have to think about it. So that's the dynamic that I see when in terms of, like, lyrical songs versus, like, and you have a mix, right? I think J. Cole does really well with the mix. Um, you know, like, a lot of his stuff is the chorus bangs, but he also tells a story, and you have to kind of look into it, you know? Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of also, in terms of any advice, though, I would say just um, just know that you do have to be you. You don't have to be you right now, but there's going to be a point in your career when 
you're going to, you can't play a part anymore, you know, like you, or you can't play a persona or play a character anymore and you have to just be you. And so I think a lot of artists, I mean, dude, all art is copying. That's what they say. Obviously it's not a hundred percent truth. It's a cliche. Um, but I think that, I think you just have to focus on um, telling your own story. If the earlier you try to find, you focus on finding your own voice and telling your story through your music, it's going to be way harder because your stories are going to suck really bad. You know, nobody's going to be interested. Nobody might be. Maybe they are. I hope they are. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's way better. Just do that work at the beginning. Like tell your own story off the rip. Nobody could ever deny that. Right. You never have to fake it. And so actually we were talking, I think who was, I think it was Devin or no Solus. I think Solus, we were talking about this, but it was like, why can a song pop on the radio? That's so obviously fake. And then you have like a genius video where they go and they're like, no, I don't, I don't, I have a girlfriend. I don't have seven hoes. Mm. And be, it's, that's okay. Like I'm not, there's songs that are quote unquote successful that are complete lies. And that's, if that's success for you, then that's success for you. But I could never be at that point and, and no, I'm telling a lie, you know? Um, so I think it really comes down to like finding what you value as an artist. Some artists are here to make money, dude. Like, like get out of their way. Like you're not in their lane. Word. Like if you, if that's not your goal, that's their lane. They want the persona. They want the money, cars, whatever it is. That's their thing. There's nothing wrong with that. So, but just know like which lane you're going to be in. Am I the soulful guy? Do I want to tell my story and be super honest and raw? Do I want to stretch the truth a little bit because I want a track that's super hype that might be on the radio because I really want the persona of this. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of those. I just think that you got to be honest with yourself in the beginning, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Damn, bro. That's some fucking, that's some fucking <laughs> shit you just dropped there. I mean, I've been thinking about this for years, so. So, I'm actually super interested then. When it comes to writing music, when it comes to your songwriting process, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, now these days, it's probably a little bit different than it was um, maybe back in the day. Maybe not. Um, you know, my process is I have an idea typically, um, that might be a line or a phrase or a sentence or a chorus, and then I'll have a beat and I'll probably get 10 or 12 beats and sit on them for a year. And I will find, I'll throw a beat on and then I'll have a premise that's over here and this beat over here. And I, I, oh, I find, oh, they, they match, but I had this beat for six months and never did anything with it. Cause I was waiting for that one um, idea so I can really harness this beat. But when it comes to the, when I'm sitting down and I'm like, I'm writing this song right now, I have the beat and I have the premise and then I'll just start designing the song. So I'll look at the beat and I'll just start from the beginning, you know, and I'll start writing out the first verse. And as I'm writing out the first verse, I'm thinking, um, I'm now mapping the song. So I'll start writing to kind of get a flow and then I have a piece, a notebook much bigger than this, like kind of a, I have a drawing notebook and I'll write out the goal for the song. So every song now, not every song, but a lot of the songs I write now all have a goal. Um, and then that goal, like I had a, I have a song that I'm writing. I've been writing it for so long, dude, but I need to get on it, (laughs) but it's about meeting, um, one of my mentors and meeting Asher Roth and being friends with, I don't know if you're familiar with his music but yeah you know we, i, I think mean, like, we from you know back in the day yeah um, hell yeah who doesn't remember like he um 
I love college. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody was on that back. Everybody, in school, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I love uh, most of his other. I mean, um, I think it's the Sleep in the Bread Isle. Is that it? Um, sorry, Asher, if I'm getting it wrong, dude. But like being able to meet him and like just be around him, and then also like just dap him up when I see him and stuff like that. So I was writing a song about that. So the goal of the song was I'm meeting Ash Roth, you know, and like telling the story of the experience so you can understand it, you know. So then I'll start with that. Then. Um, and this is an example of a way I've written songs and I'm not saying I write them all this way, but then I, in that case, I wrote out the story, not trying to rhyme it, just write out the story of beginning, middle and end, or however you're going to write your story. Um, and then I write out the story and then I turn the story into the song. So verse one will be the first time I'm saw him or whatever, met him. And then the chorus, uh, who knows what the chorus is going to be. And then verse two is, you know, when, um, maybe more about the next time that I met him and had a conversation or something, right? And this is just an example. So, you know, that's one way I do it. I might do what I what I just described and map out the entire song on paper and then begin to write it. Or I might just write off the beat, dude. And just, I literally might punch in the whole song. So I don't have one way to do it, but I just wanted to, and I know I'm sorry for the listeners, like if I'm going off too far on, onto this uh, songwriting thing, but I wanted to just display an example of a way that you can write a song. No, yeah, that, dude, that's of an course. actual structured way to do it. And I learned that from somebody. I didn't it's not my own thing, mm-hmm. you know. But. No, yeah, of course. And bro, you don't even have to apologize. If you're listening to this and you're not fucking actually listening, fuck off. <laughs> There's 2.9 million other podcasts out there, so go find a different one, but yeah. Dude, that's sick, bro. That's sick. Yeah, cuz I don't know, similarly to like whenever I'm I haven't actually I've taken a big break like this past two years off of like writing music. Um, I've really been more into the poetry game right now. Actually like going to like poetry like events as well and like seeing people do things there. But you know what? There's such similar worlds that if you really wanted to, um, you could really mix them like around. Like you could perform music at a poetry place. Um Oh yeah. I've seen people perform comedy at poetry places, or even like when you have an open mic and and they're just doing like singing, like people they're just inviting singers. People do comedy up there. I mean, that's usually like the best time. I, oh, I forget yeah. who, what, some celebrity was talking about that, how um, he would just go to open mics where people would sing and he would just do a comedy set because he would literally just be the only comedian mm-hmm. there. So it's like, I mean, uh, benefits and not benefits, I've, right? I've been like, the music artist or when the comedian, and like, it's so funny, man, when you see people who like never, I don't know, man, this one guy was so bad and I felt so bad because he didn't care about the audience. Like when I, I went up and I was rapping, but I, I got the audio entire audience's attention before I started my shit mm-hmm. because I knew that I had to get, I had to make sure they trust me and then I, they'll pay attention to me. You know, this guy didn't do that, but that's a great strategy. And I mean, I give him credit because nobody else went up and did comedy. But yeah, man, that's it's and that's a true open mic. A true open mic is an open mic, like fully open. Facts. If you say open mic, but like only this and I'm like, all right, that's not an open mic. That's a that's like a showcase for this particular thing. But you're really right. The overlaps. And I don't know if you've been to Mad Minds, if you're familiar with. I haven't. I haven't. But um, actually, I think Lupe was telling me about it. Yeah, man. We always I mean, we always talk about it. If you I feel like once you go to one, then you're like, oh, yeah, like I get it now. But uh, yeah, people people be spitting poetry up there. They'll literally be there. Lupe will perform. Then you got the hardest of the hardcore like rapper, like some trap shit. Mm -hmm. And then you'll have somebody go and do a spoken word for three minutes. And that's spoken word is just a perfect balance between everything else that's going on you know it's like a method to the madness but it does overlap it's just all expression man at the end of the day word so have you performed any of your like songs at any like venues or anything like that i mean i've done probably um 
yeah, I mean, many, like 5, 10, 20, somewhere around there. Different performances around. Um, I've opened. I've done a lot of open mics. Uh, I've performed with just my guitar and, and Druvy. I don't know if you're familiar with Druvy, but he's a fantastic instrumentalist. Um, and so he'll be up there with the electric drum set. And I'll, I'll say, hey, Druvy, real 30 seconds. Here's the riff. You ready to go? And then we'll just rip it. You know, Yo, so some, I've done that too. Some people are super talented like that too, man. They just listen to something and they're ready to freaking go. Man. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I could kind of do that with guitar a little bit. Like if you, like I could, I could, you know, do a solo on whatever the key is like just off ear, but, um, I don't, I, I wish that I played, I wish I did my music as much as I do my other stuff, but it's just too much time management for me. Yeah. I yeah like, but dude. It, and to your point, isn't it funny though how in COVID we're like, oh dude, we have so much time. Like I'm just gonna write nine albums, and then you get to the end of your open things are opening up, and you're like, oh wait, I literally wrote two songs. Mm-hmm. Like we thought we had all this time, but we didn't even. What did we even do? You know? Yeah, no, it's actually funny. I think I think when I talked about COVID on the podcast last, I think I literally just described it. I was like, it was eat, sleep, jerk off, shower, repeat. Then like like yeah that was basically like a month Dude, yeah. <laughs> and video games and Bro, video games I got I my me and my girl's anniversary is uh, March twentieth so if of twenty twenty that mm-hmm. was when we started dating damn yeah so we we were a full pandemic couple mm-hmm. and dude that's all we did she would come over we would hang out we would get bored we mm-hmm. would smoke we would watch something we would make dinner you know like. We just we just did the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again, man. But, yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, that that was literally COVID vibes, and it's crazy because if I could go back and actually like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like it's it's it was a weird time too because uh, invested in GameStop, you know. Oh my God, GameStop, Netflix. My boy made money off of Dogecoin dude, I know, too. Bro. I know people who just came out. Uh, that, that's against my rules though, so I can't do that. What? Those I can't? No, I just can't invest in things. It's oh, against my rules. Are your rules? I just, I've done it. I've day traded before. It's just, I can't get into things because I'll get into them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, if I do that, then I'll, like, check it every day. Not that I, I have way better self-control now, but I'm saying, this is what I'm saying. If you're going to, like, invest in something, okay, how much time does that take per week? You know? Like, that's how I look at it. Um, where it's, like, I want things that I'm either dedicating my life to or I'm not doing. I feel that. I feel that, yeah, it's hard. I can't, I've... I could I could relate a little bit. It's it's weird for me because I'm trying now more than ever to kind of like pace my day out and really try to get into a routine. And once I get into that, into that routine and I could do it like to the books to myself and hold myself accountable. After that, I'll just be like, I, I'll kind of take a vacation after that. You know, like for example, it's hard because day to day to day, if you're working, do the same thing. Like my routine right now, it's wake up. Shower, skin routine, check emails, check my Your investments. Skin looks great. Thank you, thank you, yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I check, I check my emails, do all of that. Uh, I move my money around, pay my bills, recheck like bank accounts, check all the statements. Then I take about like, mm, like a half an hour to an hour, depending on the day. Meditation. I'm really big on mental health. Take that time, and then once I'm done with all of that, come over here to the stew, do some work. I'm trying to get into more of that flow, you know, and then. Mm. What's hardest for me right now is like exercise, which is like it's 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 hard for me right Don't now. Don't get me started on that. Yeah, because I know you did a podcast with with one guy who was talking about that too. Like Sean, he was a yeah, guy. dude, Sean. But I've been obsessed with it for eight years, seven years, eight years. Yeah, dude, I feel like it's always like when you are really in 
like I feel like there's a certain part of fitness that you just reach and it, it's easier. Um, I will say that. Yeah, I will agree with that. Yeah, because I can like I could like fuck around with like somebody who's like a like a bodybuilder or something like that where mm-hmm. I can like train with them and not like train at the level, but be able to throw the weight around, hang in the workout, you know, that type of stuff where it's like if you don't do it all the time or haven't been building it up for years, then it's so the one thing that everybody can agree with is that it's so hard to start again. Word. And start at zero. So like maintaining is, you know, it, it really helps you out, but that's a whole avenue. But. No, yeah. And I feel like for me, it's always been, it used to, like I'd probably say like maybe six, seven years ago, it used to be like starting from zero every time, right? Um, but now it's been more of just like, I make gains, mm-hmm. but I plateau on those gains. Mm-hmm. And then I'll make, like, even if I make 1% more gains, then I'll plateau well, on that. Well, what's the problem with you? Is it just the consistency of working out? or I think it's really just, I, so sometimes, like, mentally, like, I, I see my therapist pretty, uh, I'd probably say, like, once or twice a month, depending on, like, You're killing what, it, though. You see a therapist and you meditate. Yeah, dude. Okay. But, I mean, meditation is a huge, I mean, we could probably get get to that on, on your pod. But, like, Yeah, um, it sounds good if you want to bookmark it for that, No, yeah, too. for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, I think my biggest problem is really just... I think it's the dedication to it and also just it, the mental part of working out is the hardest part for me. Okay. Like when I'm on the treadmill, I actually, whenever, if I'm doing stairs, treadmill, elliptical, I take my phone and I'll cover up the time and I'll cover up how much I'm I'm actually doing. The batteries died in my bike, in my mm. like, it's such a simple, like old ass uh, bike, but I'm so glad that it, the batteries died because yeah, dude, it's it's a, such a crazy mental thing. Yeah, dude, it, 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 that's the hardest thing for me. And the only I try to find things that I really like make me excited to want to work out. For example, hiking is one of my favorite things to do out in nature. For me, it's like mentally cleansing. But then when winter comes around, it's like shit. You can't do anything around here. Yeah. And then I'm not gonna like you know go on a vacation just to work out. You know. That just yeah, seems I take like two ridiculous. or three walks a day. I feel mm. you, man. I, I've been on the walking thing, and it's been great. I bike a lot too. Um, that was a stationary bike that I was talking about. I couldn't remember the word. So, um, but I station. I don't stationary bike that much. But I actually like hiking for me. I will hike with my girlfriend or do short hikes myself. But I like biking. Like I like biking on a path Word. and just doing like uh, one day. I did twenty two miles. I just didn't know how long far I was going. And I looked, I'm like, all right, I'm 11 miles. Now I got to go back, you know? Dude, that's sick. 11 miles, fuck, bro. It was great. It was great. I just took my time and I just like smoked, had music going. And I was just like hanging, bro. I was just chilling, enjoying. But I see where it's so important to to do, to have fitness that you enjoy. Yeah. Um, And I think too, that ties back to the the routine. Because you want to have a routine, but you also don't want to have so much rigidity that you have no flexibility in yes, that routine. Yes. So this is the thing. If you meditate seven days a week um, for like five years, just as an example, and you take somebody who did that and then you take somebody who meditated six days a week because that Sunday they wanted to spend the morning with their wife or their daughter and they just didn't feel like meditating that day. Outcome's not that different. Like mm-hmm. I, th- for me personally, sometimes I just go for a walk instead of meditating and I've complete. I've told myself like, with my morning routine, if I'm eighty percent, I'm good, and I'm literally usually ninety percent. So if I dip down below eighty or seventy, something's really wrong. But as long as I get that, like I'm good. Like I set that success criteria for myself, you know. Um, so that adds in too, you know. But that's the thing is, the reality of this is, if you set that for your workouts, right? If you're like, okay, eighty percent for me is four days a week. 
100% would be six days a week or whatever. I imagine like percentages probably don't line up, but imagine that's it. That's what you set out for yourself. You don't say I'm going to do it every day. You just go like, I need four days a week minimum, six days a week max. Six days a week, I killed it this week. I'll give myself a reward or something. But there's going to be the day, the fourth day or the, you know, that fourth day when you're like, I can't do three this week, but I have, I'm so tired. Like I'm dead. Like I, I'm not even recovered. You know, I got to stay up to do this edit or like all the things will happen. Like all the reasons will occur and then you'll be left deciding if you're going to break it or if you're going to actually do it despite these other reasons why you don't want to, you know? And I think that's the, like, if we want to talk about why, things don't happen as we want them to it's those moments it's the excuse that you make in that moment like i just realized that i got to work out when i'm tired or i will and what i'll do is i'll watch a david goggins video i'll watch a mark bell video or these guys who are out here just killing it and i'll watch that if if i have a problem and then i'll psych myself like and then I might psych myself up and then i might still be like this is the worst thing i this is the last thing i want to do right now but you think about it, it's like after the workout, you're like, thank God I worked out. Yeah, big facts. But there's big a lot facts. to it. Dude, I actually, I kind of want to move the conversation a little bit. Take your, do what you want. you have interviewed so many freaking people, bro. And it's actually quite fucking expi- inspiring to like see that shit and see you post up all that shit. Thank you. What do you feel like... I think it's I think it's pretty much factual. And I, I, I've talked about it to a lot of people who've come onto the pod, how Jersey is failing to really take off i feel um Mm -hmm. in the in pretty much all aspects the music industry um i think the music industry popularity and then when people even talk about jersey first thing you when you talk about jersey to other people they think what they think jersey shore um they really think about like i mean some of the inner cities are kind of popular And stuff, but not not really, you know what I mean? And it's like usually during the summertime is the only time Jersey really gets love, you know? So what do you feel is, like, lacking in Jersey or why it's not as popular? I, I don't know. I I think it is. It's I, I don't have um, I don't have an expectation for Jersey. Like, I don't think Jersey should be something that anything else that it, any more than it is right now. I think that I've been a member of this New Jersey community and I've contributed a lot compared to the average person. For sure. Um, but not because I wanted Jersey to be better, even mm. though I want it to be better. But I started this as a personal mission. So I think that that's everybody else has the same mindset as me. They're like, okay, all I can do is make my music better and make my podcast better and make, you know, all these things better. So, and I've done things for my community, not as much as I could have done. Um, but it's like, at the end of the day, do you have time to like, think about how to make New Jersey better? Like who has time, who has time for that? You know, when you have all the other things. So I, I've been completely accepted into new communities here. I've lived in a different area, two hours away in New Jersey and found people there who I vibe with. Like I've never had a problem with Jersey. Like I, it's given me more than I could ask. So I don't think like I don't have some expectation where I'm like, I think Jersey should be this and I think we should be this on the map and I think we should be blowing up. It's like, dude, our artists are going to blow up or they're not or a podcast are going to blow up or they're not. The biggest podcast in New Jersey right now, nobody knows about it. I do because I study this stuff, but 
there's podcasts in New Jersey that are absolutely killing it, and you have no idea if you watched that they were even in New Jersey because they don't even advertise that they are. Can, can you give some examples? Because shit, I don't, I don't know. All right, so I don't know if this is the biggest one, but this is a guy who just had on my podcast. His name's Julian Dory. He runs a podcast called Trend of Fire. Gained four to five hundred thousand followers on TikTok in a year and a half. You know, zero to two hundred thousand on YouTube in a year and a half. Um, long form interview show, super high quality show, and very high quality short form content like those Instagram reels and TikToks, right? Word. And so I found him through somebody who found him and recommended him to me. But he doesn't, he talks about New Jersey. He's not anti-New Jersey, but his podcast isn't about that. Like my podcast isn't about that either. I've interviewed people virtually who live in, who've never been to Jersey. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's one example, Trendifier. If you want to Google that, um, it'll all come up. Everything will come up. And so he's got a pretty big podcast in terms of numbers, in terms of reach. And he's not out here just like repping, Jer like Jersey's the best, man. You know, so it's, I don't. I think that, oh, if Jersey's thing is to be super independent and, like, a little bit selfish, then that's Jersey's thing. Like, it's okay. You know? I'm I'm, I'm cool with it. I, I love this state. Um, I'm actually planning on moving. I uh, haven't public publicly oh, announced that. Shit. But uh no <laughs> Yeah, man. So get your interviews in. Uh, sorry, we're a little booked on the podcast. But, um, you know, definitely want to link up with anybody who's listening to this right now if you want to message me while I'm still here. But, man, I can never... Um, I love New Jersey, dude. I, I have really, I have, everybody has complaints, right, about where they live and grew up. But um, no, nah, man, I mean, it, it's it's supported me. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. like, I can just speak for me, but that's really where I'm at with it. No, yeah, dude. No, for sure. I get it. I get it. And I, I definitely see your your point of view, too, because I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm kind of weird about it because it's like I feel especially... I, I, I grew up in the Passaic County area. I mm -hmm. um, was born in Patterson, grew up in Little Falls, and, like, really just got to see the whole culture. Completely different that. experience than me. Yeah. So, like, for example, I'm Peruvian, and um, I'd be in Patterson all the time, middle of Peruvian Square. Yeah, I'm Peruvian, too. Are you? No. I was about to say, I was like, hey, yo. I was like, brother. <laughs> fam, no, fam. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to throw them off. <laughs> but, yeah, dude. Yeah, and it's just, like, I've seen so many, like, and I'm sure you too have seen so many cool people just run through this, like, you know, this state. And yep. I'm just like, damn, like, I, I even feel like, for example, especially the music scene. The music scene for me is just like, I don't feel like there's enough venues. Oh, out you know there. what? There's that. Sorry mm -hmm. to cut you off, but no, yes, good. there is not a coherent music scene here that is like a Nashville or like a New York City comedy scene. Yeah. Or like an LA comedy scene. Exactly. Or like an LA influencer scene. Mm -hmm. We don't have a music scene here that's in one place. Yeah. I don't it's even true. think we really have like an entertainment scene really either. Other than know? big companies, other than big TV studios and stuff, which is not a scene. Um, but yeah, man. No, you're right. That's a really good factor. Uh, or that's a really good point to make. I, I will agree with that. And people like Turkish Royale who and, and organizations like the Mad Minds and, and, and things like that have been helping. And there's a ton of open mics. But, dude, you got to drive hour here, hour there, two hours here, two hours there to go to all these things. Yeah, there is not. That's a really good point. There is not like a one one coherent place that's like that's the music scene of New Jersey doesn't exist yeah and it's even like 
But, you know, if you're coming up as a rapper in Jersey, right? And like I said, I've heard about the Mad Minds thing. I definitely got to hit him up because it just seems like... Dude, Turkish Royale, one of the best guests you'll have. He's amazing. Word. I'll go, right. I can send a DM or whatever. Yeah, de definitely for sure, for yeah. sure. But even like that shit, I see stuff like that and I get mad hyped because I was like, damn, like that's somewhere where people could do shit and like become someone and it's here in Jersey. It's made in Jersey, you know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like it's important too because you have other artists who are famous today and who don't really rep Jersey at all. I mean, like you got Charlie Puth is from Jersey. You got Coyle Ray. Um, and you also have the whole Fat Boy gang who's also from Jersey too. But Fat Boy does hella stuff for Jersey, yo. Like, I mean, he, he and especially when he was popular, like, uh, I mean, he's still popular, but, you know, he he was really popping back like two years ago, all over World Star and stuff. You know, like he was repping Jersey hard. Obviously, Fetty Wap. But you talk about the artists who rep Jersey the most, like they're kind of died down a lot. Yeah, you know? I mean, Bruce, we can't rely on Bruce Springsteen, you know? Yeah. I mean, shout out to Bruce, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you know, he can't put the stain on his back, man. He's old now. We mm -hmm. don't care about him. Like, our generation doesn't, isn't like that anymore. But, yeah, man, there really isn't a, like, massive figurehead. Um, but, like, yeah, there isn't a Jack Harlow of, like, for Louis, what he does for Louisville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or what Bryson Tiller does for Louisville or whatever, right? Of Jersey. Um, but I... In my opinion, we're not there yet, dude. These artists haven't. Maybe when some of these artists of your um, Samad Savages and your Ethan Rosses and your, you know, even these other artists that we don't even really know about who are popping or these podcasts like Trendifier that are going to be some of the biggest in the world, like maybe we're just like teenagers right now, you know? Word. But I do feel like, I don't know, and I, I, this could be completely biased because I, I feel like this about, like, our age group, but I feel like if there's any generation that's about to fucking change the face of Jersey, it's us right now. Mm -hmm. And seeing you do what you do, seeing people like Samad Savage, Lupe do her thing, um, there's another group that actually runs through here as well. Uh, shout out to my boy. Ugh, why I always blank out on names. Um, but he actually has a boy band group too, and they're freaking sick. I got to put you on. I'm, I'm blanking out on the name right now, but um, I feel like there's so many dope things that are going on, and it, it's crazy because a lot what a lot of people end up doing, they want to leave the Cali, they want to leave the Florida, because that's the only other places where you could actually have like a dope venue and get find other people to create, you know? Like uh, when I was with my boy band, I mean, like we would go to New York City because, like, you know, of course, why not go to New York City? You have millions of venues where you could do stuff like that. But then the other ones, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of um, the Meat Locker. Yeah, in Montclair. I've heard, I've heard of it. Bruh, like, all love to the meat locker, but, like, yeah. it's a basement. It's dirty as hell. It's sweaty. It's meant for hardcore metal shows. So here's me and my band, like, all five of us, or I think it was, like, six of us at the time. The PA system was, like, basically broken, yo. Yeah. Our music cut off, like, halfway through, so we had to do it, like, half acapella. It was it was, it was a yeah. mess, you know? But, yeah. like, and, and, and to get people there and be like, yo, we're doing a hip-hop show. Like, this is trying to, like, the vibe. Like, there is no vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. And when there's no vibe, and even if the music is pristine, sometimes people need a visual, especially if you they're not, like, artists could appreciate artists. Podcasts could appreciate podcasts, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you see someone grinding, like, I don't care if anybody has, like, a freaking night camera whatever they're doing it in their uncle's sister's cousin's basement and there's mold on the wall i'm like fuck it you're doing your thing you're pursuing your shit hell yeah, yeah keep doing your shit man but you know like it's it's hard to get the masses together like that you know yeah well new jersey's just so dynamic man and there's just there's yeah there's not a coherent air you know scene or area that's mm -hmm. just the facts man i mean but yeah I, I i i do i do think about it but it 
there's not like not that there's nothing I can do. It's just like uh, I'm like focused on my own. Like Word. I'm focused on doing what I'm doing, and Word. if it, it's gonna help Jersey regardless. So know? why don't we talk about what you're doing? Talk to me a little bit because I know we 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 had when we first met and kind of started DMing. You were telling me about your company of you helping like people make their podcast. How did that get started? How is it going now? And what are the future plans for that? I can tell the story from the beginning of Go it. Go ahead, bro. I'm here for it. So I'm in college. When I was in high school, I'll start there. I, I started a job as a mechanic Word. because I was going to um, what was called Polytech, but basically like a Votech vocational school half my day in high school, senior year. And then the other day I would be in high school. And, uh, you know, first half of the day I went to Polytech and I learned how to fix cars. And I had a job after school from three to five and I worked at a shop and they taught me everything. And so that was my job. That was what I did for money. And I had a million odd jobs before that. Um, but this was like something that I really had to learn, you know, and I enjoy it. I've loved cars my whole life. Like my favorite, my first word was tractor. Like that's, I love like vehicles and cars and all that type of stuff. And so I really enjoyed this job and I did it. I ended up doing it for like another few years. And I, so fast forward, I'm, you know, still, I'm working the job part-time, full-time, whatever I can do while I'm going to community college. And some, some weeks I work 30 hours, other weeks I work 10, just depends on the work. And I'm, I'm good at it. You know, I'm doing well in the job, you know, got a couple raises and things like that. And what I would do is I would come home and make music or make the podcast. Word. And so I'm thinking, can I make my nine to five or my five to nine, my nine to five, you know? And I didn't say it like that back then, but that's really what I wanted to do. I was, I was wondering if it was po if people do people get paid to make music and make podcasts and things like that like can that be a job so i remember i'm in i i transferred from community college to university i went there i lived there in the town and i was i needed a job so i applied for a mechanic shop there so then i got a job there doing the same thing still same thing working 20 30 hours a week and going to school and that was my life and once again, I'm like, I wonder if I can do this podcast or music thing. Like, I wonder, let me see. And by random circumstance, I have a friend reach out to me and say, hey, this kid who I know, his, who I'm friends with, his brother wants to come on your podcast. He quit his job and he's making six figures on from freelancing social media marketing. Shit. Once again, like the beginning, like the first interview, I'm like, okay, guy's making six figures doing something cool. Got to interview him. I interview him. He tells me what to do. He tells me what he did. He sends me his scripts to like send to these companies. And the summer came around. It was my third year of college, my like first year of real university. My dad's like, oh, so you're going to just go back to the shop, right? Like you're going to need a just summer job. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And he said, he just asked me what I was going to do. And I said, I'm going to freelance and I'm going to be a freelancer. I'm going to find my own work and I'm going to do podcasts. And he said, Okay, he didn't know what that meant, but he just Damn. was like, okay. Hell yeah. So, you know, he didn't think it was going to work uh, or anything was going to come of it. And to his credit, that makes sense, right? Because you're like, I've never done this before. I've never really worked, truly worked for myself before. And I don't even know if there's a market for this. So I went on this platform called Upwork and I applied this because this kid, Tori, Tori Grant, taught me how to apply for the jobs on there to get people to manage your, their social media. And I could do that because I was building an Instagram. You know, I, I made content. Not well, but I made it so I can do that. So I go apply for those jobs. It just doesn't feel right, right? Because it's like I'm trying to apply for this social media thing, but 
really, I want to do podcasts and music. So I started applying for voiceover jobs. I just figured out how to record myself on my Sick. mic from my Hell podcast. Yeah. yeah, so I just started applying. Three That summer goes by. Three months. I got a job for $80. In three, I made eighty dollars in three months. I'm living off savings up until this point. Damn. I'm interning for Tyler Braddock at the Vault Studio Word. during the day. So from two, from noon to eight p.m., I'd be in the studio for free. You know, just living off of savings, um, not asking. You know, it was a free internship, and then I would come home and try to do my other stuff and not make money from that either. So after three months, I had enough saved up that I could get through these three months, and then. I was out of credits on Upwork. I'm thinking this is beat, dude. I'm thinking this is not going to work, you know? Like, I mean, maybe. I made 80 bucks, so I'm like, ah, it might work. Let's just keep going because I didn't want to go back to my job, you know? No shade on the job. I just didn't want to do that Hell stuff. Hell yeah, bro. Man, I feel right? you. I feel yeah, you. Yeah, so kept going, and I get to a post, and it says the name of the company. So most people don't put the names of their companies on their Upwork post because they don't want people to spam them. But this person put the name of the company. I'm out of credits, Right. It takes like six credits to apply for a job. It's not that much, it's like five bucks. But I didn't want to buy more credits. I'm done with this. It didn't work. I only made 80 bucks. So I call this company. I book a call with them. I act like the only way you could book a call is if you were a company. So I just acted like I'm a company. I put my YouTube channel. I'm like, I have 200,000 views. Oh, that's so, so I just found my way in. I get on the call with a guy. It's on Zoom. This is like 2019. Nobody uses Zoom yet. Before COVID, nobody. So I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to dial in on my phone. I'm like, I don't know how this Zoom thing works. So he gets on the call and he's like, Are you there? And I'm like, Yeah, man. Here's my deal. So my name's Ryan. I'm really interested in your job post. The post, the job was podcast editing, editing audio. I said I can do that. So he said, Okay. I didn't expect this on this call, but I do like your hustle. I like it's, it's, it's definitely you have confidence. And I think that we can consider you for this. And I think that we might have more for you to do even. So I said, okay, great. He said, why don't you come into the city, New York City, and then do an interview? I'm like, dude, I'm just editing your audio. Like, I don't, you don't need to interview me. I don't right. need to drive two and a half hours. Okay, whatever. So I go to the city. Damn, I, I get right. there. This guy, I get there, he's like this. And for people listening, I'm crossing my legs and I'm looking at my phone. And... He like looks up at me. He's like, "Oh yeah." Like he's like, uh, "Yeah." So you like po you had a podcast? Yeah, yeah. And he keeps looking down on his phone. Like this guy is not paying really paying attention to what's mm -hmm. going on. But he said he looks up from his phone finally and he goes, "Why don't you just do everything? Why don't you just do everything we need? Everything with the podcast? I'm talking interview the guest, do the audio, do the video clip, social media, show notes. We're gonna optimize it for, for SEO. We're gonna put it on the website. I don't even know what SEO means. I said, "Yeah, man, I can do that." He's like, "How much?" I said, "Uh." 15 hour he's like yeah okay i can pay you that and then he gets up looks at his phone again shakes my hand and said i'll send you an email and i left and i worked for that company for a year and a half they we did the podcast like 25 episodes they basically not forced me because obviously i didn't i could do what i wanted to but they took me off the podcast and made me do sales Word. what i didn't want to do what I expressed them, I didn't want to do. Sales, sales like for the company? Yeah. So it was a startup marketing company. So okay. they would sell five or $7,000 marketing packages to companies that are getting their, um, you know, feet off the ground. Yeah. Now I sell $6,000 podcasting packages. So it's funny because it, I'm now doing the thing that I really, truly want to do and have no problem selling something for six, $10,000, right? Word. Because I know it's value, right? And, um, but yeah, so 
they put me on the they put me on that. They took me off the podcast. They, it wasn't performing well enough, even though we never set any standards for how well it was supposed to perform. Basically, they gave up on it. Um, there was a videographer that did a bunch of work for us, and my boss tried not to pay him twelve hundred dollars. And I and you know, remember when your parents say, if your friend does something, they'll do that to you too. So I go. He just didn't pay this guy. I'm going to be the one not getting paid. I'm just going to be the last one to not get paid because I'm the most valuable. You know, there was one guy more valuable than me, but I'm like, I'm the end of the line, but eventually I'm not going to get paid. So months and months go by. I'm not having an, I'm not having a good time on this, you know, job. Just doing stuff. Like, I didn't mind doing sales. I was good at it, but I really did this for the podcast. This was my first experience being able to launch a podcast for somebody else. The thing I truly wanted to do that I had no idea I wanted to do until I actually did it and then they're like nah you're like your podcast is done you know and um I left but before I left I remember one morning and so there was a sorry I'm a little bit all over the place with the story but there was a time when I was it was winter break from school and I he they asked me if I could work during winter break and go there physically in their office and they had a cool like office with a co-working area it was nice it was in manhattan it was on park Avenue, manhattan like this is crazy so i said yeah obviously so it was a two-hour commute there two-hour commute back and i would work eight to ten hours sometimes 12 hours so i didn't have a life my entire life shut down no podcast no music no nothing no life no relationships nothing and i get and i just start messing up dude i start like missing emails i start sleeping in because i literally can't function and he my boss goes, why don't you talk to this life coach? You got to get your life together. And I said, all right, I'll talk to him. I never talked to the life coach. Get on the call with this guy named Tim. And he said, we get to the end of the call, do an hour, hears me out. And he said, I think you got to do this music thing, this podcast thing. He seems like, seems like you really like that. And he said, it seems like that's your calling. And as your life coach for this hour, that's what I advise you to do. And Two months later, I quit. That company paid for the call that would facilitate me actually quitting the job from that company when they thought that that call was going to help me be better at the job. Where, But in reality, it just allowed me to quit. And they went bankrupt. They filed for bankruptcy after that. But Damn. That's insane. That's how I got into making podcasts for other people. Holy shit. So now, like, do you, do you have, like, your own, like, clientele now that you'd be, like running podcasts for or are you in the middle of also trying to build that up are they in and out like yeah yeah so we have clients um we have monthly clients monthly editing clients i basically what i did after that i did another podcast after that that fell on its face um as well and learned from that experience pivoted the whole business started working for different people started targeting different people started making content every day on linkedin um grew a following on linkedin in the past two years that's where we get a lot of our business from now um really figured out that platform and built an audience over there that's bigger than all my other audiences. Um, but yeah, I mean, now we have um, anywhere from five to 10 clients on a monthly basis. Um, we do a ton of consulting. So a lot of kind of podcast consulting, we have different kind of packages for that. But basically what we do is as a business, um, really what we what our business is for is for solo creators that are or solo entrepreneurs or solopreneurs as people would call them people who might have a team like a small team maybe run a few businesses that are successful um, but they're not like a massive corporation and they want to launch a podcast but they don't want to have to figure out how to do it so we consult with them for five hours on 
everything related to strategy, anything, everything down to the script on the introduction, the outro, and everything, right? Format, structure, the whole nine. And then we also can come in and produce that podcast for them. So we'll consult with them, help them build the show, build the idea, build the strategy, and then we'll come in and teach them how to record and interview people. And then we'll go ahead and produce that audio and video graphic design and distribute the podcast for them. So we're a done-for-you uh, podcasting launch company for people who basically personal brands are like solo creators. That's sick, dude. That's crazy, bro. So now is that what you're going to end up doing? Like now is this going to be your main gig like and just ex- expanding your company now? Yeah, so that's been full-time for since I – so I graduated in – in um. At the end of 2020, I graduated college. So, like, December 2020. And so, I've been full-time doing this since then with the podcast on the side. Yeah. Shit, bro. Yo, congrats, man. Definitely, Appreciate bro. it, man. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Got a team, by the way. Got a great team. Um, couldn't do it without, without my team. Um, I got, you know, um, my college roommate and one of my best friends from high school. And um, actually, another guy who I met through Tyler from The Vault. Um, Word. A, a, his name is Tyler. He's an audio engineer. So, he he works for me, too. Um, would not be able to do it without them, man. But, uh, but yeah, hell yeah. Dude, I mean that's that's impressive stuff because I'm I'm actually like obviously in the beginnings right now of like trying to build my brand. I don't know necessarily if it's gonna be a company in the future. I'm kind of just like freelancing the shit out of everything right now. Yeah, well, um, you have a space though. Like I I don't I mean I have a space at my house that's like I can record my podcast, but I don't have a physical space that I like rent. You know, so it's like we're flip flopped in what we did. You went physical first. I started in a pandemic. I couldn't go physical, nor did I have to because I didn't realize how beneficial the virtual experience was like i didn't realize i can dude i could get on a 30 minute call some, with somebody and the next day they pay me five grand and they don't even know me and they live in a, a whole nother state that's crazy yeah, so i said all right bet that's like, insane if yeah, i don't have insane. to do i'm just gonna see how far this virtual thing can go mm-hmm. and now i'm figuring out how to do the in-person so my end goal is the physical space in the studio like this word but now i'm like dude if i can travel on a plane to set up the podcast if i can just do it on zoom which i've been doing figured out how to do it on zoom right so yeah it's like we're both building i just did this virtual stuff first you just did the physical first mm-hmm. but it's both the grind, you know? Yeah, bro, fuck. Well, I do have a couple more questions for you. Let me see how we're doing. We're doing okay on time. We're doing okay on time. I got, I got time. So. No, we're chilling. We're chilling. I blocked out the day, man, you know. Talk to me a little bit about, because I saw, I think one of the craziest things when we, when I first started seeing you on Instagram, you had a um, a virtual meeting with uh, Rob Deerdeck. Yeah. How did that happen? How did that go about? Like, people think I like, and like engineered this too. So just, just, I'm going to just, I'll just tell it how it is. I had, I was a fan of Rob's podcast, right? And listen, I watch Ridiculous. I watch Robin Big, dude. I'm a massive Rob Deer yeah, fan dude. from day one, right? And I've found his podcast on Instagram, started following it, started listening to it on Spotify. I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't the best podcast in the world. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. I liked what he was doing and what I, what he did differently was he wasn't going on here and saying, I'm Rob Deerdeck, I have all the answers. He was interviewing people who are at any level. So you could have a company for five years and be starting a new venture, or you could be this could be your first company and you don't even have a business plan or an LLC. He would interview these people and just give them advice. And I thought that was amazing, man. I, I loved it. And Rob, like as a podcaster, he's just a naturally outgoing guy. Like for sure, I'm a critic. Like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a podcast you know, I help people launch podcasts. Like, obviously there's things that I'm like, oh, you could do this over here and this over here because that's just my mind. But I saw the formula that he was using and I said, that is genius. 
And so I was listening at the end of the podcast. They go, hey, by the way, um, apply to, you can apply to be on the show. Link is in the show notes or whatever. So I went to the website, applied to be on the show, sent in a video, five-minute video. My goal for the video was be the most well-produced video that has been submitted because I noticed that everybody else, back to when I applied for that job as the company and not as me to get the call, same thing applies. I'm like, let me be different. Like, let me just do, let me look at what everybody else is doing and then just do like something different so I can stand out. And so that's what I did. I just like record, set up my nicer camera, set up my mic, like did it all super nice, cut, had different camera angles. Like I was a little flashy. Like I just wanted it to stand out. And his producer emailed me. So they emailed me. They accepted me on the show after I submitted this video. And his producer said, by the way, Rob mentioned that he really liked the production. Like he really appreciated you like taking time to produce it because everybody else was sending in stuff from their phone, you know, no disrespect, but mm-hmm. mine was just nicer. No. Yeah. You dude. know, no so that's what I did, man. Fine. Sent in the video. They sent me an email. They said, what pick your time slot? I said, I'll pick the first one. I picked the first one that day. Cause I said, I want to get Rob on his first one of the day, baby. Got on there. Nicest guy in the world. You can go watch it by the way. It's on my podcast. Um, if you type in Bobcast Rob Deerdeck, or if you type in Deerdeck machine, You'll find it. I don't. I don't know which episode it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, dude, that that whole thing that that's crazy. So you how, could do it. Like you could apply. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, shit, I might, bro. It kind of be cool. You should to talk apply to. because you have a physical. Like he's launched, started, sold production companies, so he knows a lot about it. And there's not a ton of service based businesses on the show, so I think you know that would be another one. Yeah, dude. So besides Rob, like who else are people like you really like? Like what are some of your favorite interviews? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's hard when you do a lot of them, I feel like. But uh, are you saying, like, things I listen to or my personal, like, interviewing people? I guess your personal. Um, okay, so underrated, I think, is my friend Nick Gates. He's been on my podcast three times. He doesn't really have, like, a brand that he's built. Like, he doesn't do the social media thing, like, hardcore. He built a clothing company, though, that's super successful. Um, but nobody really, like, not that nobody knows about him. He's just not the guy, like, posting videos of his face all the time like we do, you know? Um, super underrated, though. Most positive person, and I say this because he's the most positive person I've ever met in my life. And not just because he's a close friend. I literally DJ'd his wedding. Like, I've, I love this kid. So... Nick Gates, any interview with Nick Gates that I've done, super underrated. I just love that kid. Um, Turkish Royale was really great. Um, underrated, too. Let me see another underrated. Yeah, the first interview with Sean Nastalon, that's the good guy who's a bodybuilder um, that I think you mentioned before. He's just got it, man. Like, he just, and he's just tackled the body. Like, he's just overcame the body. I mean, I could list off other ones because. I'd have to like think about it for a little bit, but word. Well, then I got a couple of questions that I probably can't ask anybody else. Podcaster to podcaster, yeah. You know, I feel like sometimes it's weird when you're just when you when you when I first started this dude, like I didn't know how to even feel about it. Uh, I actually never was into podcasts before I started doing this. This started off with um, an old friend of mine. We were we were in the middle of COVID. This started during COVID for 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 me, and um, uh, we were kind of just bored. And it started off as a show that was like uh, we had music that we had we had segments right, yeah. and we wanted it to be like super um, produced, not produced, but we wanted it to be super. Um, how do you how do you say like um, 
I don't know why the word edible is coming into my head, <laughs> but like it, if we wanted to be like yes. super like um, being able to be received as well, I received by everybody. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. So yes. it could tackle everybody, and then you know we could get views guess, and or, everything. Yeah. You know, like, digestible. Yeah, digestible to everybody. You know what I mean? We want everybody to like it, mm-hmm. and then it kind of blossomed more into this where like now I'm just like interviewing people and and it's more of like I feel like it's less of an interview for me I kind of just like sitting down and like chilling and talking to people but like Mm -hmm. what I was trying to get to is being a podcaster there is some like I feel like there's some difficulties that people don't understand when it comes to trying to make a, a conversation keep going not making it awkward I mean I could even tell you I mean we literally just met upstairs I mean we DM'd a little bit but like it's easy for us to talk I feel like this podcast could probably run four or five hours if it really wanted to right because we're both talkers but have you ever had a person on your show that's kind of like hard to even just like keep it going you know and, oh, and if yeah. it is how do you approach that yeah, so I say that my goal is not to talk, even though I have to come in with a either supporting argument or an argument against maybe what somebody's saying. I kind of will give context and then I'll keep it going, right? And it's what you're doing too. Um, but I've had those conversations where like I kind of have to take over, where like I'll throw like a lob. And they just won't catch it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, shit. Now this is the Sully show. Uh-huh. And that's not what I was going for. Because most of then, then the people listening who came for that person are going to be like, why didn't you let them talk? Uh-huh. And that's not a, di- there's a different thing. I have interrupted back in the day when I mm-hmm. really didn't know what I was doing. I still do now. Um, you know, always trying to get better and improve. But yeah, when it comes to somebody who isn't really, most people I interview have never been on a podcast and I I think I'm just, I set the interview up correctly or I have the right vibe or I get lucky. And I always, people almost always are able to open up, you know, but there are those times when I'm like, I'm stuck right now. And there's ways, there's strategies you can use to get around that. But yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, it's you, that, those. So I, as I said, I coach people to start their podcast. I coach people on interviewing and I told them, I said, even this guy, Marty, our most recent launch, real estate investor, killing it in life, super fired up guy. His podcast is going to be one of the big, like I I believe it's going to be one of the biggest. He's just got a great personality. But I said, you interviewed somebody you knew so well for this episode one. And then he ended up killing it. Like all his other episodes were fire too. But I said, Marty, you're going to get somebody that, that doesn't, that's going to test you. That's going to test your interview skills. And nobody knows what it's like to interview one to two hours, 100 times until you do it one to two hours, 100 times. Yeah. You know? So yeah. And I was just telling him that and he's like, I know, but that's not, what am I saying? Like I'm, yeah. One day somebody's going to suck. Like that's life. Like Mm -hmm. I suck on podcasts sometimes. I've been on like 20 or 30 of them. I try to always bring it, but yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, you don't, if you don't have a podcast, you just don't know what it's like to be a personality in front of a camera and then trying to get the most out of the other personality on the other side in front of the other microphone and then make that shine while also maintaining the level of conversation while also trying to figure out what's going to happen next while also knowing how long you've been recording for while also maintaining the audience's attention who you don't know dude you are literally like reading my fucking brain right now i love it (laughs) but i study this shit dude i know this shit intimately so what other advice would you have for people let's say all right so for example i'll even put myself on the spot what advice would you even have for me someone who's 
I guess I wouldn't say I'm advanced, but I'd say I'm pretty well into like now, like getting comfortable doing this shit, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, What advice would you give someone like me? Well, I think um, the more clarification that you have on what you're really trying to do with it is good. Um, I think, and that's like a super general thing to say. It's kind of like, I haven't read your whole essay. I've read a paragraph, so I can't really give you a full deep dive. Word, word, word. But I think that you, the show kind of has to have an identity and an angle. And I don't think every show does, but, and I don't think mine does. Like I'm in the, I have put myself and so have you probably in the hardest position in podcasting to be in. If you have a show, I have an example. If you have a show like my friend, um, Mark's show called the rental journal that is about equipment rental companies, people who sell rent you Kubotas. Like if you don't know what Kubota is, it's like a tractor. If that that has an audience that where the people that do that every day, they're the audience. And they go, that's my podcast. With what we do, we're like, hey, man, um, I hope you like me uh, because I'm going to talk. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, you know, like you we have to make it kind of on us a little bit, you know, so. It's way harder that way is what I'm saying. It's mm-hmm. harder if you want. We're not saying this is for everybody, but you also didn't just zoom into my business only or zoom into my music only or zoom into my podcast only. We're going around these different topics. So that requires an audience that is okay with listening to a long form conversation, dedicating 30 or more minutes because you don't get into this until you, unless you listen. You can't listen for 10 minutes. You're not going to get it. You're going to think it's weird or it doesn't make sense. So... Then they have to invest the time to listen. Then they have to start liking you because they're not going to listen if they don't like you because it's a personality-based show and not a content-based show that's not based on, like, this is for vegan gardeners who live in Seattle. People can just go, I'm a vegan gardener in Seattle. I'm a listener. Like, you're probably just going to listen then, you know? With what we're doing, AO chill means nothing. There's no definite. I think AO chill, I'm like, what does that even mean? Dude, you see Bopcast, you're like, Bop? That could be music, but Bob Cass, is it music? What is it? Like, who knows what it even is? So that's the hardest thing where you don't, when you don't have a show where somebody goes, that's me, you know? Like every day, every week we fight, not fight, but we put out content to bring in the 1% of people who are like, I like this guy, I like long-form conversations, and I'm going to listen next week, you know? It's fucking hard to do. Yeah, dude. Fuck, bro. You're really like, like... Just exciting my fucking brain, but I've never had somebody where I could talk about this shit too, and like they kind of understand the full scope. Yeah, because like, media and artists understand it. Like mm-hmm. media people, artist people understand the artist grind, but this is a different grind because yeah. I do the artist grind, so I get it. I'm like you. I'm like a uh-huh. music podcast business guy, and so I understand the other grinds. This one's not like that. You could literally drop a banger song and then be kind of have like an audience after that. Like podcast is like you have a banger episode. Doesn't mean you're getting plays on the next one. I know it doesn't mean you're getting plays on the next song, but like, I just think it's harder. It's back to the song. If you have a super duper lyrical song, you need that's not going to be for everybody mm-hmm. because it takes work. If you have a long form interview podcast about random topics with random people, then that's going to take work. That's going to take the type of person who's going to want to sit down with that and consume it and feel like it's valuable. You know? Yeah. It's it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah, dude. Shit, dude. 
Sorry, I'm kind of just like taking in the moment a little bit here too, man. It's called, Damn. The, it's called the power of the pause. So let me think here for a second. So you've been doing this for a while. Oh, actually, there's the one thing I actually really that had on my mind that I really want to bring up to you: social media, especially looking at numbers, looking at how your stuff is growing and progressing. For me, like, I don't really care about numbers. I mean, it's weird. In business, you're supposed to care about numbers. For me, I'm really just basing like I'm I'm in a similar position where I'm kind of just living off the savings right now. I quit all my jobs. And this is what I'm I'm pursuing full time now. And business wise, you know, you look at something and you're like, all right, bet. Um, I put out this and it got me 40 views. Oh, shit. All right. And you put out the next thing. It's like, oh, I got 50 views. And then you put the next thing and it's like, oh, damn, I only got 30 views. Or I got 12 lessons on Buzzsprout or whatever the hell. And this one got 60. Why did this one, why did this one get 160 and it's not shared as much, right? And I feel like right now, and I know you listen to Gary Vee. Because I've I, I seen you, you talked to him once in, in one of his, um, his wine shops too when he was doing like a meet and greet, right? I care more about developing relationships with people and benefiting off of that and making my community spread and just like my spider webs of links throughout people being so much important rather than the numbers right now. Cause I feel like as long as I'm pursuing and putting love and peace and energy into all of this, like it's going to end up playing out. Now that's not how you should play it. Like, you know, forever, obviously. Right. Cause at some point, you know, the bill collector is going to be knocking at the door and be like, Hey, yo, where the fuck is my money? And I'll be like, yo, let me give you a hug, bro. And I'll, yeah, I'll play it fucking next month. You know, like what is, what is your take on that? Yeah, I think that it's a tool. You know, it's like money. It's like a tool. It's not going to solve your problems. Media, social media can build you an audience, but it's not going to fix a relationship or something, you know? So it only does what it does, you know? Like money, I've really been of this mindset now of like trying not to ascribe a lot of meaning to these things where it's like money's just money. It just exists. Like a song is just a song. Like it just doesn't have to mean anything. Like it probably does mean a lot, but it doesn't have to, you know? And that's kind of a nihilistic perspective a little bit. But so when it comes to social media, like I and I think I do agree with what you and Leo were saying in terms of like, just put it out. Like, who cares what people think? And I'm really in that mindset. I think that you 100 percent the fact if there is any facts, it's the fact is that you don't know how good anything's going to do on social media because you can't read people's minds. So. You might think, wow, this video is going to kill and it doesn't hit. And then like in Leo's case, here's just random video and it, and it hit. Or in the case of the elderly um, or the case of the priest. Oh, word. Yeah. It, yeah. It, you know, yeah. the video hit. And for people, I'm referencing Leo's episode. If you want to go back to that one, great episode. Um, and so the way that I look at it is it's a tool, man. And you get rewarded with quality content. Meaning not just quality of the video. That's that you're not rewarded by that. You're rewarded of quality content. Quality, there's probably a million definitions of it, but quality means something that's worth watching. That's really it. It's just worth somebody's time. And I like how I reference Julian Dory from Trendify. He says it this way all the time. And I and I'm stealing this, Julian. He's like, everybody has a trigger finger. And that trigger is half an inch away from the screen where they can just go to the next one. What you're doing is trying to find a way to make them stay. Or you're just releasing something that you want people, you want them to stay. You know, you want to make it worth 
worth their while. And worth their while. And I like that. I look, I like looking at it in that way. And that's a little bit more zoomed in perspective. Social media as a whole is, as you guys said, it's pros and cons. It's a tool. It's the best thing that's ever been created in terms of being able to create something and then put your art out to the world. You can get on TikTok today, make one video and then have an audience. That's a fact. It, it, who knows who's going to be in the audience. We don't really know how the quality of the audience, but it's just true. And you weren't able to do that before. So yeah, I mean, I've been grinding on Instagram for eight years and have gained, you know, I have 3000 followers. 1000 of those are active every week. I think that's insanity. And like, I'm totally fine with what I have. So right now and built so far, do I want my podcast to have mass appeal? Yeah. Like, will it? Yeah. Like it'll gain thousands and tens of thousands of listeners. Um, but I, I'm kind of like you, I'm like, I don't, I mean, for me, I look at the numbers, but I don't base everything off in the numbers because you can't, there's a lot of things that happen where if I go down the street and tell somebody about your podcast, that's not something you can track. And that's mostly how this stuff happens. Sending somebody a song, this song's dope. This podcast is dope. You got to check this episode out. People will see nine of your podcast clips before they click a link. Then they click the link, go to your podcast, watch it. I don't really like it that much. You know, it's like that could, that can totally happen. So yeah, man, there's, there's so many ways to describe it, but I just look at it as it's a tool. If you want to blow up, you can focus on it, stay consistent. You know, it's possible, but it's really a pros and cons, man. It's a tool. Like if you want to get out there, you got to use it. I don't think there's any, yeah, any I way think around that. There's, I don't think there's any way around it either. Social media is literally going to be, I, I've said it before and like, I think, Almost every time we talk about a topic like this on a podcast, I hate social media, bro. I feel like if, for me, it's it's very mentally draining. Um, I, I and actually, believe it or not, I never liked sharing my life. Yeah, you on, mentioned on, that on, on that. Instagram. Yeah, you know? I, you know, I don't know if anybody loves. I don't know, man. I think I do like it now. I don't know if I like it or I'm neutral. Um, but in terms of what you said, of like, so. I think it's what you put in front of you. Like, what do you, what's on your feed? Like, are you following people who literally post themselves just grinding on music and working out and busting ass and like killing it in business and like just, just succeeding or whatever every day? Or is it people who are trying to knock somebody down or cancel somebody or like tell you this is wrong or that's wrong or, or, or make you feel inferior or negative or something like that? Like, it's kind of just about what you put in front of yourself, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I've just always been very private. And uh, now going in, like, and doing this podcast, it's like, it's different. Because I feel like podcasting is almost a loophole. It's a loophole because if you want to get to know me, you have to listen to this shit. Period. You know what I mean? Or know you. Or, or, or know me, right? And it's like... You can't just base something. You can't just judge me off of just one of this one thing, and I hate I hate the fast shit. You know, although the fast shit is what hits. You know, the fast shit is what hits, and like I'm starting to get more used to it now. And at one point, I do want to get to the neutral sense. You know, uh, but right now, 
I think it's just also just like trauma from like back, like when I think I was in high school and like everybody's just in my shit. And now I've been super low key for the past couple of years building this. And now that I'm releasing shit out now, and I'm sure you've definitely probably felt the same, especially probably even when you do something like Rob Deerdeck, right? And everybody's just like, oh, yo, bro, when can I be in your podcast? Oh, this, this, and that. You know what I mean? And people start getting ego driven off of you, you, you I know? I will say, yeah, there was a big influx after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I have people guess, like, I have too many people that I can even interview, honestly, which is a good problem to have. But yeah, for sure, like, you'll attract that energy, mm-hmm. kind of, you know. And and it's hard to kind of go back and forth between those energies. And it, it's funny, I'll share with you, like, two months ago, no, not even two months ago, it's probably like a month and a half ago, I got into a really, really low place where I hadn't gotten into, like, in a in years i'd probably say two years uh because i've been really really good mentally and i just started losing faith in myself my abilities um i kind of think i was just looking at the numbers too much and i think this is kind of plays off as, as a good question to you what do what what do you do have you ever felt like that and if you have like what do you do to kind of like give yourself that extra boost to keep going yeah great question i think i was in a place similar to that um of just a few weeks ago, man. I mean, we basically had like one client a month for like three or four months. So it was like going really good, you know? And I've had like a bunch of clients before that and during and all that stuff. But like kind of basically what I did was like I had a plan and I like executed the plan, you know? And it was working. So we're like on a high. So like as a business or myself, I'm like, yeah, let's go. We're doing like, we're killing it. And then we, then I realized it wasn't sustainable the way that we were doing it where the people we were working with and the margins that we have had weren't going to be sustainable. Um, I could go into it about how production companies fail, but it's just too much. But so then we had a lull where we like didn't make a sale for like oh two months, you know? And then like you said, I'm, it's all out of savings at that point. Make sure I, I have cash on hand, but like, you know, for these things to happen, but it's never happened to me. I delegated a bunch of work and then I had to consistently make sale after sale to like, feed all these the people that are working with us and stuff and keep us afloat and it wasn't just me anymore so then it was like the three or four x pressure of not just you but also these other people who are relying on this too and i had a similar thing happen to me man and um i'll say this i think um i like i meditate too so that helps i meditate been doing it for like four or five years um five days a week you know not a lot i might do it 10 20 minutes a day and that helps. And I always told myself, and I always work out every week. I work out multiple days a week. Um, but I always told myself, I'm like, I'm doing all these things when for when something happens. And it won't happen. Like, because I'm maintaining doing these things for my mental health and my physical health, that I won't get to that place because it's, I'm maintaining. You see what I'm saying? So I won't go down a hole because I'll never let myself get down there. And somebody said, same Sam Harris, meditation teacher, uh, philosopher, I guess you could say. He said, meditation is preparation for the worst day of your life. And I really vibe with that. And but still, I still let myself get to a place where I got. I was just in a like I was just maxima. I was maxed out. I over. Um, I I agreed to do more stuff than I could even handle. Right. So I got overwhelmed. And. I had never been overwhelmed like that in so long. I just felt so, I felt like life was moving way faster than I could keep up with it. And so I was in one of those places and 
shout out to my girl, dude. She really, she's like my rock basically. And, and, uh, she, she, she's not an expert on the things I do, but she'll give me the perspective that I need. Even if I think that she's just saying that to make me like feel better because she does want me to feel better. But even that, just having that other person and then like, you know, my team too, I'll confide in my guys, you know, and be like, you know, what do you guys think about this? Or like, I'm losing it. I'll be like, guys, I just lost a thousand this month. Like, what do you think we can do? You know, or whatever. And I'm not good at that. I'm so not, I'm not the type of person that asks for help at all. If I'm having a down day emotionally, you will not hear it from me. I will be the on the call. Hey guys, what's going on? Like I'm on bro. Like I will ignore all that stuff. And it got to a point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I just, you know, so I really did just confide in the people that were around me, try to give me that reality check. But yeah, I don't have one thing. It's really like staying on that mentally, um, doing that mental health stuff, whether it's the meditation, exercise, all that stuff, walking, um, keeping up with the relationships, people that you love. And, um, but for me personally, it's just not getting overwhelmed. If I get overwhelmed, I'll go in that hole, bro. It's hard to get out of that. So yeah, it took me it a few is. days, but I got it. It took me a week. I got out. I had some good promising calls. Um, somebody who said they wanted to buy from us and stuff. And it, like the business looked like it was kind of coming up, had a bunch of inbound opportunities of people that six months before were like, Hey, I want to do this now or whatever. So then it started coming up a little bit, you know, but word, word. No, no, no for sure. I think too, you know, the meditation and having, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, your girls just telling you like, you know, something that you need to hear, but sometimes that's all you really need. Oh, you yeah. know, sometimes I feel it's not as complicated as people want to make it. Mm -hmm. Although you can get into a really, really deep and decrepit place. What did you do in that? Um, actually what I did. So I was actually, so shout out the road. I was, um, uh, <laughs> Probably a Mustang. That has had to be a five liter Mustang. Yeah, I'm 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 not crazy into cars. I just drive a Honda Civic. The Honda actually, I don't know if you saw it out front. It was literally out front in the door. I have an Accord. That's my little baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got I, I got have a little coupe. <laughs> but um, what did I do? I actually, I was setting up stuff here at the studio, and we we're actually having some problems with the the contractors because uh, these ceilings are open, right? Um, and if for the listeners, they're basically like just beams going across and they have like maybe like two feet in between them. So they echo a lot. So we were trying to get soundproofing for the roofs and it was just taking a while, bro. We were like, you know, with, with building stuff and contractors, like they say it's going to get done in a week. And then like a month and a half later, you're like, shit, you know? So yep. we were getting that done, you know, we were paying rent here and I was just getting nervous about the podcast too. Um, thinking like, am I really going to start doing this? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also a sound engineer and I guess we'll get to know a little bit more about me like we hit your podcast and stuff so oh, i don't yeah. want to get too crazy into it i do a lot of different like side gigs too so um it was just tough for me so i was really in this low place and i had sometimes i feel like you just need to escape and i really i'm really i've been more i think for like three years before this year like i hadn't gone on any vacations i didn't go out i never took a break you know, I never said I'm going to take five days off and not look at my phone, at least within reason, you know, mm -hmm. like from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. I'm going to relax and just vibe. And even uh, when I did the podcast episodes out in California, that wasn't a vacation for me. And it's funny because people I, when I went out there, people were like, oh, you're out on a vacation. I was like, no, 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 workcation. 
workation because I'd wake up every morning early, like 7 a.m., start doing my edits, start figuring out how I could link with people out there, do a podcast shoot. And then I was also doing some social media managing then too. So I was like waking up super early in the time difference. And then by 3 p.m., I was like, okay, if I could finish my work by 3 p.m., 4 p.m., whatever friend's place I'm crashing at, then after that, I'll relax. But then I realized when I came back from that, I wasn't, I wasn't relaxed. I was like, shit, I just went out there and I saw cool shit, but I was working and it wasn't like the release You ended up I doing needed. the same thing that you would have been yeah, doing if then, you weren't there. Yeah. So what I ended up doing, like we booked out, me and my friends, we booked out a place out in Orlando and uh, we took a trip to Miami too, like while we out there, I completely just cleared my mind and dude, on that plane ride back, Dude, I was on my iPad and I was just like, bro, I have so much edits to do. What the fuck am I doing? Like, I know. And I was like, it was like being reborn again a little bit, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, honestly, that one vacation probably set me up. I mean, I told you, I haven't felt like that deep in like two years. I'm not saying I'm not gonna, I'm gonna go straight another two years without taking another break or whatever and hustling, working. At one point, I was working like fucking five jobs, like something ridiculous, no? Yep. And um, yeah, I felt like just clearing your mind like that, you know? When you, when you have too much and too much stress on yourself, sometimes you really just need to give yourself a break. And mm -hmm. I, feel, I really feel like that's that's where it came from. Yeah, that no, that the same for me, dude. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I did like a week or five days or a week with my girl in the summer when mm -hmm. we went to we went to Florida too. Um, we went to Dallas for five days, workation. I only did one day of work there, luckily. Uh, Texas is lit. Texas is lit, too. So I'll make the announcement now. Mm. I don't know how many people are watching this, but that's where I'm moving, actually. Oh, bro. I'm going to come visit you, bro. Dude, come visit I'm bro. definitely. I'm where, where are you moving in Texas? DFW. So Dallas. Yeah, oh, yeah. shit. Right next to Fort Dallas? Worth. Yeah, man. Bad, bad, bro. You know, it's crazy. Dallas is the one place I didn't get to go to when I was in Texas. It's man, it's great, man. Well, hey, you'll have to tell me about the other places because yeah, Dallas sure. is the only place I've went there. So You go to Austin, I will give you my whole Google Maps saved. Perfect. I have Everything saved there. I right. know the secret places, secret pools out where you take hikes for 30 minutes. Let's go. Bro, it's lit. I would, I, bro, I would love to come and visit you if you have me, bro. I don't want to. Oh, 100%, anything, man. Yeah, I'm going to have you. You'll be sleeping in my studio slash spare bedroom. That's Hell yeah, do bro. It, so. Yeah, yeah. And whenever you want to come back here and visit Jersey, bro, we got a place for you. Oh, yeah. Too, I'm always, sure. dude, I'll always come back. But, but yeah, man, the, the, the trips. And me and my girlfriend do a lot of Airbnbs and a lot of weekend trips. She's mm -hmm. a teacher, so she gets off in the summer. Oh, that's but, yeah, yeah. But I'm like working all the time, like, and we're gonna and we're grinding to move mm -hmm. right now. So she's gonna pick up like another summer job. She'll have like two jobs in the summer. Um, I have my main thing, and then I have another job too. I'm a DJ, so I do Word. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, so really, those like little weekend gaps, I try to do like one a quarter, so like one every three months. Word, um, Word. and it's not much, dude. Like, it's not it doesn't really break the bank, and as long as you save up for it. But I don't spend money on other stuff, so I just spend money on the business on my podcast. Mm -hmm. That's it, you know. Yeah, and no, trips. that's 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 definitely the vibe right now. And I can't even I can't even justify really going out to the bar too much. Like, yeah, you know, you know what? My girlfriend loves to do it. Um, she just loves going out with her friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I just get tired and want to go home. Yeah, that's I mean, just me. I like I like drinking, and I'm not gonna lie, like my Latino vibes. If you put me in a Latino bar, that's different. Oh, you know what I mean? My like, man's going on, bro. Yeah, once you bro. once you put that bachata, merengue, salsa, yeah. once you put that in there, bro, I'm out. I'm out. I don't need to drink though. I'm I'm more of a smoker, if anything. But me like, too. I yeah. see. I am too, man. I love sure. I have like a beer or cocktail or something like that. But yeah, definitely more of a weed guy for sure. And I will say, I'm not gonna promote this because. You know, I'll let you know my own experience, but I do mushrooms mm -hmm. and psilocybin Sick. mushrooms, and I've been doing it for, you know, six, seven years. Um, you know, I microdose, I take full doses. Like, I that has been also 
a um, definite massive shift. It's more like you'll like have one meditation that's like like so amazing to like set your day up with like um, any type of like psychedelic like that. Like you can take it and it'll do it kind of manually for you. You know, instead of you having to go in, like you still have to do work yourself. But mm -hmm. so that's been that's been big too for me. That that's crazy. Actually, I I think I tried mushrooms like once, but it was like when I was super young, and yeah. I didn't try it again since then because I think I was like thirteen, bro. I yeah, like, no, I, I like do it for young. like kind of function. Almost, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, and actually throughout like the past year i think that's actually really the past two years become very much more in tune with my spirituality with the universe and like studying more of that um but dude we're kind of coming to the end of the podcast i did have a que one last question for you that i kind of ask all of my guests towards the end if you had to give yourself advice from when you started this from where you are now what would you say to yourself I would say be more consistent, be as consistent as possible and lean into the things that you truly want to do and figure out how to make them work. And finally, find people to help you in the vision because there's no, if you want to do it yourself, it will take a long time. If you want to do it faster, you're going to need a team. If you want to do it bigger, you're going to need a team. So those are the those are the kind of the three points I'll touch on with that. But big facts, Ryan, aka Sully, my boy. Let the people know where they could find you. Thank you, man. Thank you for doing this. This has been amazing, bro. Really literally, literally, like one of my favorite interviews slash just general podcasts I've done. So I love the conversation, man. But yeah, so you can find me on social media. That's at Sully Bop, S U L L Y B O P. Sully Bop in the drop. That's the music. If you want to check the Spotify, YouTube, I'm on there as Sully Bop. That's gonna have the long form videos of my podcast. You could also find the podcast at Bopcast Podcast, or if you just Google Bopcast, it'll be the first one that comes up. That's gonna have all. All the episodes we release weekly every single monday guaranteed no questions asked uh 52 weeks out of the year always releasing episodes that's what we do over there um and then yeah if you want to launch a podcast just shoot me a dm and i'd love to help you out facts and guys y'all already know the business ao chill youtube uh instagram spotify beto underscore music on instagram too if you want to follow go follow my boy and yeah guys that's pretty much it we'll see you next week with i don't even know who i'm having on next week but i guess i'll find that out this week all right guys it'll be a banger bro yeah, okay. peace let's get the fuck out of here <laughs> yes sir let's go Hey guys, it's Sully. I've been running this podcast for three and a half years now. I've interviewed over 80 people on the show in person and virtually. Um, it does take a team to run this. We have four people working on this on a weekly basis. The only thing I ask of you is if you could please follow or subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. So whatever that is, Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever that is, please do subscribe and follow on those platforms. What that does is it will automatically download the episode for you on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and the other platforms as well. It will notify you when the episodes come out. So we release every single Monday. So just so you know, 6 a.m. on Monday, every Monday, every week, 
no stopping guaranteed so if you could just follow us or subscribe on those platforms that would mean the world to us so we can keep this podcast going grow the audience so we can have better guests better content for you guys so thank you so much for tuning in and listening and hearing me out here at the end of this episode i will see you on the next one all right peace